American podcasters are lost in the swirling maze of past and future ages during their latest series of movie reviews. It's the Time Shifters Podcast. We're going to attempt time travel. Welcome to the Time Shifters Podcast. This show discusses film and television from the long and recent past as well as the news and events surrounding them. We thank you for tuning in and would love to hear from you. Follow the link in the show notes to all our social media and websites, or send us an email to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. All I'm asking you to do now is to witness a demonstration of the possibility of movement within the fourth dimension. Everyone, and welcome to a Time Shifters, and we'll call this, I don't know if we'll call it a time hop, time hop. we'll call it a special edition. This is Christopher, I'm here with Tom. Hi! We are coming up on the final episode of our Year of the Time Traveler, and there was so much on our list that we wanted to cover, and myself included the couple things I really wanted to cover we just didn't get to. And this one particular thing, I was really hoping we'd get to, and it kind of dovetailed nicely into a lot of the films we've watched recently. So I wanted to introduce Tom to the old 1977 series Logan's Run. And one episode in particular called Man Out of Time. And you were telling me just before we recorded, Tom, this was an introduction. You've, you've never watched any of the Logan's Run series. No, I'm familiar with the movie and haven't watched that in years. But yeah, I had never seen the series before ever. And if I were to base it entirely off of the intro music, I might not ever watch it ever again. <laughs> Yeah, they make a big mistake with that intro music. The underlying theme is fine. It's that weird wee-wee-wee noise they throw in on top of it. Yeah. That's really annoying. And and it just kind of drills into your brain. To their credit, they don't keep doing it through the show, though. No, I think it's like the, uh, I think the music, I don't know if it's exactly the same as it was in the film or if it's kind of a rendition of what was used in the film. But yeah, they, they throw in some additional, we'll call them effects or something over the top of it. Somebody that, got a little carried away with a synthesizer only to the point where it drills holes into your brain. Right, yeah. So it, yes, the, the theme music is unfortunate. Yes. So a little backstory here. 1977 series Logan's Run was based on the film of the same name from 1976. A total of 14 episodes were produced prior to its cancellation. The series premiere is a very abridged retelling of the film's story about a peacekeeper of the future known as a Sandman by the name of Logan, who begins to question things in the city of Domes. He becomes a runner, along with the beautiful Jessica, and escapes the city in search of sanctuary. Taking over from Michael York and Jenny Egeter as Logan and Jessica as Gregory Harrison and Heather Menzies, and this series introduces a new character, Rem, played by Donald Moffat. The series takes a new direction with Logan and Jessica, not returning to the City of Domes to free everyone, but instead exploring the world around them. 
Finding a solar-powered hovercraft and befriending an android named Rem, they travel the countryside in search of sanctuary, having adventures along the way with groups of survivors found in everything from small camps and settlements to giant cities hidden among the mountains. Now, episode 5, Man Out of Time, was written by David Gerald uh, under a pen name Noah Ward. Gerald is a Hugo and Nebula Award-winning author and scriptwriter, and maybe most famous for penning the Star Trek TOS episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. He also wrote for several other series, including Land of the Lost, where he created the Slee Stack Race, Babylon 5, Sliders, and The Twilight Zone. In this story, a time traveler from before the Holocaust travels to the future in order to collect memory tapes from a computer that has had every event leading up to the war. In his time, fingers are poised to push the buttons. Everyone is just waiting for that last straw to break. It is his hope that by reviewing these tapes, he can prevent the war or at the very least delay it. The scientist David Eakins meets Logan, Jessica, and Rem, and they take him to the location of the bunker where they find a society that has turned the bunker into a holy shrine. They are descendants of the men and women who dedicated themselves to protecting the information. Eakins becomes torn on what to do as he's befriended the trio, and knowing that if he returns and makes any changes, they and their world will cease to exist. Rem discovers a news report in the tape that says Eakins did return to the past, but finds no other information. Eakins travels back to the past as the trio watch on. Before they leave the area, the time travel capsule returns empty except for a visual display unit. They play the video to find a message from Eakins. He discovered the trigger that finally sets off the war. The revelation that time travel is possible. The enemy side launched a first strike to prevent the time travel technology from being used as a weapon. It was Eakins and his invention that started the war he was so desperate to prevent. Let me tell you right off the bat, Tom, that I think this episode is probably one of the, well, is the best episode in the out of the 14 of the series. Oh, good. <laughs> and is not indicative of the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, so the highlight, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I saw the best of it and probably don't need to revisit <laughs> No, this is not a series that I really feel like you need to go watch the rest of. Unless you're a fan of Heather Menzies. <laughs> uh, cute, but no. <laughs> All right. Now, the first time I watched this episode, coming up, I mean, this is Series 5, so I watched like the first four episodes or whatever, and they are kind of exactly what you expect for the 1970s. Mm-hmm. This one I found to be actually pretty damned intelligent. Yes, no, no, and, no. Uh, uh, knowing 70s, especially 70s uh, TV where they've stolen it from something else, it's never good. Um, and this was shockingly, uh, like, I found myself thoroughly enjoying watching it. Yeah, no. it was really well acted. It was well written. Uh, it was some pretty heavy themes. And especially since this is the year of the time traveler. Uh, their handling of time travel was actually fairly impressive. Well, the very fact that they were acknowledging right from the get-go, I mean, the episode starts in the past with the scientists. Once they discover that this time travel works and that there's people like, well, if we do what we want to do, these people aren't going to exist anymore. We're going to change their past 
to save our future kind of thing. It, they acknowledge it right from the start. Yeah, no, you get that in the first 10 minutes of, of the show. And, and for them to hit that kind of morality around time travel right out of the gate and that in the 70s, no less, that was right. uh, that was impressive. And Eakins, when he first meets them, is really gruff and is trying very hard not to actually become friendly right. or, or, or get close to these people. To which he actually explains later. The fact that it was written and it was explained and portrayed was like, okay, wow. I don't think I've seen this in anything around this era. I even, and whereas usually that level of exposition is uh, a little little offensive. It's like, oh, I'm not, I'm too stupid to figure out why he's doing what he's doing. But the way that he does it and the moment that it even comes up actually makes sense for the episode. He's not just blurting it out. He's trying to explain to these people that have become his friends that I didn't want this. I didn't want to like you. <laughs> so uh, it actually worked out, but you could you could tell what he was doing it was just great the way that he handled it when he finally explained it to those too stupid to understand. Well, and that's just it. It's it works because these characters, because these characters are the way they are. Yeah. Especially when it comes to uh, well, even I was gonna say especially Jessica, but yeah, Logan too. I mean, they are really ignorant of how a lot of like science works mm -hmm. you know rem may know and rem may have actually understood but he's probably not going to say anything because it's only going to open a can of worms and it's only going to upset somebody right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh no uh, i it, it was impressive for, for what it was uh and, and i mean being an hour-long episode from a, a 70s series um it's a little rushed it, 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 they have to squeeze an awful lot in, into this. It's almost a mini movie unto itself. Right. So yeah, the the very fact that you no, know, but now you, I I like you guys. I'm like, and really, you've only spent maybe 15 minutes together. You know, you don't you don't get to see them bonding and becoming friends. It, that's where kind of like in this story of time travel and holocausts and nuclear bombs, their friendship is really the hardest thing to believe. It is, uh, and I mean, it's a TV friendship. They just happen. Um, but yeah, you could see this act. You could see this being the story arc for an entire season of a of a show like this. Sure. That way, you actually get that that relationship building, the character development, and all of that. And it might even make more sense because. <clears throat> The timetable, his time travel was set on, was so brief. I mean, you're going to an unknown location. Well, not an unknown, unknown location, because actually I thoroughly enjoy that essentially the time capsule arrives in the same spot as the time capsule left. Yes. That was awesome. Good job, them. We won't get into uh, Earth rotation and dates and times and all that. But Gravity. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I, I, I like the <laughs> idea. But they gave him, what, 24 hours? <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah, I think so. You, you were supposed to go find everything that you ever needed out of all this in 24 hours when you know not where it is. <laughs> so, so 
again, uh, the, I could make the case for this. If you had made this an entire season where, okay, you got you got a month. You got a month to do this. That would give him time to have that that relationship building, the character development and all that. And then that would build the angst at the uh, at the 11th hour when he's like, I have to make a decision, and now it is tough. And the decision really becomes down to, okay, I like you two. I don't want to see you disappear, but I'm trying to save 7 billion people. Right. <laughs> it's that great little, you always see that little, uh, that meme about the the train, and you got like four people and, then you, and your grandmother, and, you know, the train's got no brakes. Which do you, you know, what track do you put it on kind of thing? that's the dilemma he's facing in this. Yes, exactly. When when you have that personal association, is, are the other 7 billion, you don't know the other 7 billion. <laughs> right. So, it's always a tough call. <laughs> I was very surprised, and I love the ending of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it turns out that it's the discovery of time travel that actually sparks the very war that he was trying to pre- prevent. I thought... That's a nice touch. That's a very Twilight Zone type ending. I, I did like it for that. I also like that Rem only finds enough in the time that he has with the machine to just know that he does, that Eakins goes back, mm-hmm. which solves the problem of do they make the decision for him? Because now, based on that alone, he did go back, so if they change that, they could be changing their own history too. So they can't they can't either delay him or kill him or any of that. They have to let him go through with this regardless of the outcome. So that that alone was a nice little twist. I even like and even though the uh, the idea of the descendants. Uh, and then picking up names like, oh, I'm analog, and this is my son, you know, whatever. Binary. Binary. Uh, that is not, uh, definitely not original. That is a, a trope that has been seen before, but I still like it. I I get a kick out of that idea. And only because I sit where I sit with uh, these things. Um, it happens all the time, but the notion that they turned all of the manuals and all of that essentially into a Bible and turned it into a religion. And it hurts to watch that happen, but I get where it comes from. <laughs> yes. Well, and again, if this, if you were given more time, I think you could have played with that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, it's just, this happened, take it as fact in this instance and, and that's all i'm saying when it come, when i say that it, it, it was too quick it, they, they packed way they had lots of good stuff but they packed it into this 45 minute long episode and it was it was too much to contain but they still did what they did well with what they had no i'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it i i, I just did. think it's um it's a really it's a it's a shining gem in a I won't say the entire series is crap. I mean there's a lot of things they do right. It's just it suffers much like the film. It suffers by the time of which it was made. Yeah. Like Logan's run the film can only exist in 1976. Right. That film is so rooted in the mid 70s. It's just it there's no escaping it. And I think this series is much the same. 
the solar car, the hovercraft, uh, designed by Dean Jeffries, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. There's one thing they do throughout the entire 14 episodes. When you see it uh, start and stop, when it starts, it it rises. It's actually got a lift. Yeah, so it I looks saw the like hovercraft it, feature even in this episode. Yeah, yeah. You see it when it stops and it lowers. They always do that. Whenever you see it in all the episodes, you always see it do that. I'm thinking that's the type of thing where I bet you that broke all the time. Right. You know, <laughs> you just figured that broke and they took, they bothered to like, no, no, let's fix it. Let's keep doing it right. You, you'd easily just not have that. It's probably, I don't know if it's complicated or not, it's, but it's just another thing that has to happen with this vehicle, this car, but they keep it up throughout all 14 episodes. I yeah, like, no, you could do easily just do cut scenes and okay, the car's moving and it's parked and now they get out. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you just don't have to have that. I, I, I don't mean that they show it every time that it starts and stops, but when they do, when you do see it, it goes. they go to the trouble of actually raising and lowering as if it were a hovercraft. Right. Right, like, yeah, no, I, if it was one of those pain-in-the-ass props that, uh, that at that time you have to put it back together again all the time, you could at some point just go, well, we've already shown it. We can either just keep splicing in the same same stuff or we just do cuts <laughs> yes or let's just yeah let's just put a couple blocks of wood in there to keep it up and right. <laughs> no one's gonna know <laughs> yeah the car underneath it driving the damn thing will suffice <laughs> get a kick out of it too because although this is rooted in the 70s the solar car i feel like is rooted in the like 1940s <laughs> that is so flash gordon i know right <laughs> The funny thing is we're probably not that far away from actually doing that for real. Yeah, that uh, it doesn't look all that different from that stupid, uh, what is it, the uh, the Tesla truck or whatever it oh, is. Yeah. That... yeah. The only thing that thing isn't is solar, but I figure we'll get to that point. The, the, the thing that uh, the 70s did, didn't take into account is... It has that it has that touch of fossil fuel industry feel to it. That stuff only works if it, the sun's out. I'm like, there are things called batteries you can charge. <laughs> yeah, but the technology is even limited in the whatever century this is, because uh, Rem does point out that it's it's solar powered. Its range is limited in, at the night, so it's got batteries, but right. they they won't get you through the entire night. No. No, and he did point that out, but still, yeah. <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed with this. I was going into it uh, uh, expecting much worse than I got. Yeah, no, I, I actually kind of surprised myself again by watching it because I hadn't watched it in a while. Watching it again this time, I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. <laughs> yes, it actually was. I wish the I, other 13 episodes were this good. <laughs> No, I mean the acting. Uh, the The only place where you even pick on the acting is the villagers. They were pretty one dimensional, and I am here to say the things that are on the paper. Yes, yes. <laughs> the series itself uh, actually had a pretty good uh, had pretty good ratings, but the network kept preempting the damn thing for whatever you know, whether it be news, sports. They kept preempting it, so it kind of kept made it hard to get a uh, a solid audience. Yeah, you couldn't get momentum, and it's, yeah, 
in a brand new series and you're trying out and you're like, oh, in a brand new series, Logan's Run will not be seen tonight. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, that, that was always the uh, problem in the 70s and 80s when they preempted something. Um, inevitably, you would hear the words you never wanted to hear ever again. Um, we return to your program already in progress. Already in progress, yeah. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> I can't see it if it's already in progress. Yeah, and David Gerald, who wrote this episode, he used his pen name, because apparently that was a pen name he used for things he wasn't terribly happy with. Aw. That's <laughs> like, but David, this was really good. <laughs> yeah, no, you did a good job with this. <laughs> it was a shining star. Maybe it was just because of what it was in. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, Logan's Run. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, I guess I got a script. Uh, you'll pay me what? All right, you can have it. <laughs> just yeah, put this name on it. <laughs> nice. Coincidentally, I actually caught the Trouble with Tribbles episode just just the other day. Very nice, yeah. Yeah, he's a great... It, his uh, episodes of television are great. I've read a book or two uh, written by David Gerald, with, which were a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he's got the chops. Apparently so. So, anyway, yes, that was Logan's Run, episode five, Man Out of Time. Um, glad you liked it. It was a very interesting watch, and it's... It, I mean, we spoiled everything here. I don't expect anyone's going to be running out and to watch Logan's run regardless of whether we spoiled it or not. So no, probably uh, not, but, but this dovetails nicely into our next episode. Yes, it does. Yes. Our next episode, our full episode will be the history of time travel from 2014. And, uh, we're looking forward to talking about that and sharing it with you. So I think we'll just go ahead and, uh, say, you know, thanks for listening for this one. Come on to follow the link in the show notes to all the socials and the emails and everything and drop us a line, especially if you've seen this uh, episode of Logan's run and, and tell us what you thought, think of it and the series and as the whole, if you're a fan or not. And, uh, we'll be back in about a week to talk about history of time travel. So, uh, we'll see ya. Bye. See ya.